our series on, on So We Pray, as we look at various activities in Acts, um, it prompts us to pray. In Acts chapter 13, we notice the Word of God is going out. Paul has preached and he has shared the Word with those who've been gathered at the sanctuary, excuse me, at the uh, on the Sabbath day, thank you. In the synagogues on the Sabbath day, um, he has shared the word. And what I want to look at uh, is that response that followed after he shared the word. <clears throat> Verse 44, Acts chapter 13. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And so that's, that's kind of the good news as, as the word of God had an impact on people. More and more people wanted to hear. But when that happens, we also see what happens, uh, the response. Whenever God's word is going out, Satan is trying to, trying to take it away. He's trying to snatch the seed um, from hearts who need to hear it. And uh, that's the same thing that happens here in this case here. It says, verse 45, but. <laughs> it's kind of like the bad news. You know, when you watch a movie, you see things going along smoothly, and all of a sudden you hear this music. And you know, you know, something ain't right, or something is coming up that is going to change the scene. And that's kind of this word, but, in verse 45, but. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And so they, they speak against the gospel. Now, what Paul said made sense. We, we, we talked about this earlier. He shared the history of Israel with Israelites, and, and they, they, they connected with that. And he shared how God's plan has been to... to to provide his son uh, for, as a savior. He shared how sinful Israel um, um, needed the son and, and needed a savior, and yet when he came, they rejected him. And this same savior that's rejected is the one that he preaches now. And he warned them um, that, that they shouldn't have a wrong response. So... <clears throat> Verse 45, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. And so um, that's, that's exactly what they did. They took the gospel to the synagogues on the Sabbath and, and it, was, uh, it was a battle to, to get it there and it was rejected and so Paul and Barnabas turned now with the gospel to the Gentiles. Notice the Gentiles' response in verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. They were glad to hear this good news. There was a lot of, uh, just like in our day, there was a lot of racial tension um, in, in, in this group. 
It was a lot of racial pride. The Jews had a pride of thinking that they were it, that they were God's chosen people, and that God had special blessings from th for them that didn't belong to anyone else. Um, now, they got that from misunderstanding the Word of God, misunderstanding the Old Testament. So uh, Satan often does that. He, 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 he has people hear the Bible and they take a pride in the wrong sense and, and, and they misunderstand what God is saying. When, when we understand correctly, we see this. Um, <clears throat> let's just go on, verse 49. It says, the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. This is something the Jews did not like. They did not like the word of God, um, God's favor going out to, throughout the whole region. They fought against that. They wanted to be looked at as special, as the only one, as the objects of God's love. And obviously they misunderstood what God was doing. And, and, and I want you to see, um, I, I didn't read the second part of verse 48, which really brings into light. It says, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Many, in other words, many of the Gentiles came to know God. They came to trust in Christ as the Savior, and they came to walk with God. Many of the Jews rejected. Actually, there were Jews who believed at that, at that place too, but the leaders rejected this gospel message um, because it, it, it was inclusive, in, including the Jews. And because of that, Look what they did in verse 50. The Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. They didn't like what they hear, heard and they fought against it. They bad-mouthed it and, and, and they, they tried to kick Paul and Barnabas out. You know, we see those same things happening now as we preach and as we teach the gospel people don't like hearing that the gospel tells the truth about mankind that mankind is a sinner and that his sin is going to be judged by God and there's no escape from that other than trusting Christ as Lord and Savior um, people are okay with me when I say God is good they're okay with me when they say when I say trust in God but they're not okay with me when I say there is no other way to God outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't like hearing that. People are okay when I say men are sinners, but when I say you are a sinner, they don't like hearing that. Um, people uh, want a, a, a gospel that, that doesn't uh, um, point the finger, that doesn't tell the truth. And, and, and we see that the gospel often offends those who have a sense of pride uh, and misunderstand uh, God's word. But those whose God's heart, God heart has, who, who has, who God has touched their hearts, their hearts are open to the Lord and the Lord does a work in their heart. And so we see that at the end of verse 48, we read, as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Verse 51 but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So Paul and Barnabas um, realized this response, this ungodly response that was coming towards them. 
um, but they li didn't let it bother them. They kept on, uh, they were kicked out of that region, but they went on to the next region and they kept on uh, communicating the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, they have seen that same pattern set by Jesus himself, and so they, they uh, weren't discouraged, but they kept on with the gospel. So when you come up against opposition, uh, when opposition against the gospel comes in your life, and so we pray. We need to pray. We need to, we need to hold on. We need to continue on. We need to be steadfast. We need to keep on uh, uh, believing, keep on teaching, keep on living the word of God. We, we know it's going to be opposed. Um, it's going to be received by some, but it's going to be opposed by many. It's, and and it's, it's, not e it's not an easy task to uh, proclaim uh, the gospel. But they, they shook, it says the dust, <laughs> it says they shook off the dust from their feet against them. Something Jesus had taught them is, is, is don't take it personally. <laughs> Um, let their judgment be upon themselves and, 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 and move on from there and take the gospel. <clears throat> We're going to see how they go on to the other areas and they face similar things. And so what they're facing is what we face. You're going to see some people respond to the gospel. Others go against the gospel. God is touching hearts and moving in lives and some are resisting that. And so uh, you're going to see both of those kinds of responses. But they continue um, speaking the gospel and, and taking it out. Verse 52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the other response that we see. Those who trust in Christ love what God is doing, and, and they're filled uh, with joy and with the Holy Spirit as they see what God is doing. We have a lot to pray for because of the opposition to the gospel. We have a lot to pray for that we be steadfast and encouraged in, in, in continuing in it knowing that it's not always going to be easy, but it's something that, that God has called us to do. So we pray. We pray for God's strength. We pray for the impact that God would uh, uh, have from his word being preached. And uh, we pray against those who would oppose it and, and pray that, uh, you know, they will come to repentance as well. And God would just continue to uh, strengthen us so that we can... Um, continue to be faithful taking his gospel out. For our time of meditation, we're going to read through Psalms 2. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in heaven's laughs, the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, the day I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all 
will take refuge in him. What's the main, or what does this psalm make you think about? Starts off with a question. It says, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? What? Why do they rage and why do the peoples plot in vain? What does that question mean? A lot of people that are angry at God. What else could it mean? People angry at God. God and they're not. Okay. Why do they what do they want out of God that they don't got? Control. Angriest, right? When God says it shall be this way and they don't want it to be that way. I had a friend, he told me, he said, I'm angry at God because uh, he took my cousin. He took my cousin. And as to this day, I, I guess that he's still angry at God. I don't really talk to him as much anymore. But the thought is that, you know, God did him some wrong by taking his cousin. And I think that what can happen is, I believe this, that the world truly does understand that there is a God. But that they are angry that there is a God because they know that they are opposed to God. And because of that, it's easier to just shout and say he's there, he doesn't exist, or he's stupid, or Christians are stupid, or people who believe in him are stupid. And there's a lot of rage. And it's a weird thing that happens where people who claim that there is no morality will start to institute strong systems of morality. You may say that don't make any sense, but have you ever heard anybody who says there is no right and wrong, but then get super mad if you say something against somebody being gay? Why do they get so mad? They got so mad because they are saying there is a right and wrong, right? They just want to be the ones to decide what's right and wrong. And I think what that tells us is this. We as human beings, we have a natural born need. It was given to us at creation. We have a natural born need for rules. We have a natural born need to create morality. We do. Even people who don't claim to be have morality, they will judge you if you eat a piece of meat, right? And what happens when you abandon God is all the things that you should hold dear that make sense stop making sense. Because you have to abandon the truth if you abandon God. And what does that do to a man when he no longer has a truth? And that's what I think we should be thinking about. What does that do? Well, it shouldn't confuse us. 
that maybe you don't know who you should have sexual relationships with. Maybe you don't know if you are a man or a woman. Maybe you don't know if you should have been born a man. Right? Maybe you don't know. Maybe one plus one is not two. Maybe it could be three if that's what you feel. Right? Who's to say it should be two? And at the end of the day, what do you know with that kind of thinking? Nothing. I would tell you this. God is the basis of all truth. Once you abandon him, things that we call common sense stop being so common. And that's why the world is in the state that it's in. I really agree with what uh, my brother was teaching in Sunday school. When we see these people saying nutty things, sometimes we can think of it as just people being crazy or people in politics, but I really believe that it is spiritual. And if we can find a way to address it in a spiritual way, we will be making a positive impact on our world, won't we? Instead of saying, man, these people are crazy, let's say these people don't shoot up schools because they're crazy. They shoot up schools because they're evil. People are not confused about whether they should be man or boy or man or woman or black or white. They're confused about whether God even has a purpose for them help them find it. That's why people are so lost. They don't even know if there is a purpose. But God does got a purpose for every single person. So let's pray that we could be the ones that guide them. Amen. How are we doing tonight? So tonight we're just going to take a little time and we're going to just pray for a couple of our ministries that are, are starting and have started just recently. Um, first one is, let me get a volunteer um, to pray for True Seekers that started today. Um, got all the kids over there. Um, this is the first day of that. Um, Martine will pray for that one. So that's exciting that we got that going again. Um, the kids really like it. I know my kids love it. And I, I was just in there at the start, and they looked like they was all having fun. JoJo looked like he was having a good time. So praise God for that. And then the other one is, um, we'll have another volunteer for Play for the pray, or pray for the play that's starting this weekend. Also, um, that that just goes off without a hitch. That it goes very smoothly. Um, that there's a great turnout. That um, it's well received, um, and that just everyone having has an enjoyable time at that. So, who wants to pray for that, Aaron? All right, and then I'll close this up. Lord, we just come to you prayer. We just lift up these two ministries um, that we have that started and the starting. Uh, we lift up truth seekers. Um, we ask that you just continue to bless that ministry, and um, we thank you for instilling in the adults who are leading it um, just the volunteer to do so and to um, work with the kids and um, make it fun for them and make it an avenue where they can learn about you and continue to focus on you and. Um, we thank you for allowing us to have this ministry at our church that we can start instilling in our children um, the truth about you and their need for you and um, start pointing them in the right direction that we have another way to continue to model a God-centered life. Um, and we ask that you just um, help fruit grow from that, grow that ministry, um, continue to 
um, do your work in the lives of each and one of those children there, that um, they would be receptive to you and um, that you do do a work in their lives, that none of the parents that have a child in there wants to see their child condemned. And we just um, pray that you just use that as a ministry to them. I ask that you just be with uh, the plays that's coming up. We praise you for just instilling in Brian and Jeremy the creativity to make these plays and make these plays that are relevant, that um, people connect with, that are meaningful, um, that every play that I've seen has just gotten better from the one before. And um, we just praise you for using them for the, your ministry in that regard. And we ask that you continue to grow that ministry, continue to allow the plays to go smoothly and um, to just reach the people that are in the audience, that um, they are able to hear a message about you and that it impacts their lives. And we ask that you just um, open the doors and open word of mouth that we just get uh, good turnouts for all the plays, that um, this can be an avenue that it does impact a lot of people, and um, we are able to reach a lot of people in this area. Um, we just ask that you can continue to bless these ministries and also the other ministries, the rescue mission, um, Sunday schools, that you just allow um, our smaller church to continue to do a mighty work. And in your name we pray. All right, let's take some prayer requests. One we can pray for. I was reading a story. I don't know this guy's name, but apparently he's famous now. He's famous for like the dumbest thing in the world. So he supposedly he had a homosexual lifestyle, right? And then he supposedly got saved but none of his life so far matches up to what he's saying. So he's getting some TV show or something. One of the things he said as they were talking to him about this TV show was, I'm, I still flirt with men, but I'm only attracted to women. And he's claiming to be a Christian. This is a platform that he's putting before everybody, saying he's representing Christianity and representing Christ. So it's, it's a couple of things I want to pray in that. One is that people are able to distinguish between fools like that and the real thing. And the second thing is that we don't let people who have a platform like that outshine us who might not have that same platform and show them what real Christianity is. Because that's very damaging. What that says is I can still live my life and do what I want to do and slap a label on myself and people are supposed to just accept that. It's fraud. That's what it is. You'd be put in jail. So in his case, though. He's going to get what's worse than jail if he does not quit playing with God. So that kind of irritated my soul today. Who else has a prayer request? How short were we? Like a whole week's worth of giving, basically. Okay. All right. Anybody else? 